1: I'm Lisa Davis with Andrea Donsky. So many of us have struggled to lose weights and there to lose weights, to lose weight. And there are so many diets out there. It can be overwhelming. And one of the things that I've often thought about is what about what's going on in your brain? What about habits? What about the addictive nature of foods? What about trying different ways that actually get into your thought process. So I was thrilled when I got the book by Eliza Kingsford, Brain Powered Weight Loss, the 11-step behavior-based plan that ends overeating and leads to dropping unwanted pounds for good. Eliza, welcome to Naturally Savvy. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it's great to have you on. I love in the book where you write why I wrote this book, you basically say that but they're short-lived and you write the missing link called human behavior. Our old habits and their relationship with our food choices is a downfall of even the very best diets. That is so true. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself and a little bit more about why you wrote the book and then expand on what I had just brought up. I think it's so important.
2: I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad you liked uh, that piece. It was really important to me to explain why I wrote the book because you're right. You said it earlier. There are so many diets. There's so much information and you know, when you, talk to one person, they've heard one thing, and you talk to someone else and they've heard something completely different, and then you think, well, what am I supposed to do with all this information? How do I know what's right for me? Um, And essentially, my background, I I started first with traditional eating disorders and then moved over into working with um, folks who are struggling with weight, weight management, obesity, uh, and compulsive overeating. And what I found uh, in working with this population that I love, I love working with, with folks that are struggling to heal their relationship to food, as I like to call it. Um, what I found is that um, it, it what they what they end up feeling is like they're a failure, right? They've heard all of these, quote, yeah. diets to try, try this diet, try that diet. And if it doesn't work, then they end up feeling like they've failed. Um, it's somehow their fault. And uh, over and over again, I talk to people who end up engaging in the same patterns uh, over time. And so there has to be more to this whole weight maintenance thing or weight management thing than just calories in, calories out, right, or um, the diet that you're choosing to eat, there's something more to it. And as I started to explore the underlying patterns uh, and the the repeating patterns of behavior, it became very obvious that unless you start looking at what's underneath just the input and the output, right, the food and the exercise, what's underneath all of that, Mm -hmm. people fall into the same patterns of behavior over and over again. And until you start to peel back those layers and look at what's underneath, uh, they're going to get into those same patterns of behavior and, and they're not going to feel successful. And they continue to feel like a failure, right, if we're if we're not examining those things. So that is where um, my interest really got peaked. And that started when I was uh, uh, running a, a program for adolescents and young adults uh, it, using weight management techniques. And I saw these same patterns come up over and over again Um, and I I really wanted to help those families and really address the long-term solutions to what they're dealing with.
0: Well, I think like anything, emotions play a huge component to it. So it's not just what we're exactly calories in, you know, exercise out. It's a matter of what are the emotions behind it that allow us to keep repeating those patterns over and over. So what are some of the things that you found, you know, in starting that camp and in working with these children?
2: Yeah, so one of the things that we well we look at we look at all all different parts of the the um, participants' social emotional backgrounds. we look at their you know their, some some family history or um, school history, social history, things that will um, things that have over time created a pattern or uh, created a way of choosing foods or choosing behaviors that haven't been serving them. so um, and sometimes people think, Well, gosh, are are, you know you're putting people in traditional couch therapy where they lay down and have to tell you their whole life story, and it's not really like (laughs) that. It's really um, having people take a moment to be mindful and really intentional about okay, how did I get here? What are the barriers that I have seen that that um, keep coming up and get in my way, and how can I break down those barriers and replace those with more um, uh, successful behaviors for me? So to break that down even further, a, a quick example is. Uh, you know, we might have someone be mindful about, you know, every day after school or every day after work, I end up uh, in front of my refrigerator and I'm, and I'm suddenly eating a, a diet Coke and a bag of pretzels. And I think that it's healthy for me because it's a diet Coke, right? There's no calories in it yep. and it's a bag of pretzels, which is basically just air. But you know, why is this, you know, why is it detrimental for me? And right. And we, we, we sort of chain that back. We we pull that apart and say, okay, first of all, um, forget the Diet Coke and the pretzels for a second. Let's talk about how you got here, right? Is this a is this habitual yeah. pattern? Is this, are you bored? Um, is this in response to stress? Is it a combination of all three now that you've been doing it for a while, right? And we we break oh, yeah. down the actual pattern before we even get to what the food choice is. We break down the pattern. So, It doesn't matter if it's a Diet Coke and pretzels. You'll switch it to, you know, a chocolate milk and peanut butter if it's if you don't actually look at the pattern of behavior behind it. So, we have them stop, be mindful, get clear about patterns, get clear about what is working and what's not working for them. Look at the emotional layers underneath, and then you can start making changes um, in, in food and exercise, but we got to get back to under those layers, um, peel back those layers first underneath.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, my daughter, she's 13. I, she tends to eat out of boredom. Andrea, I don't know. Do your kids do that? Where well, I know she's not hungry. We just, but you know, she'll get bored and she'll just be like looking in the snack drawer. I'm like, hon, you don't what you didn't need to keep eating. She's like, oh no, I can keep eating. I can keep eating. I'm like, well, you don't need to, but I'm not doing a negative way. She's a, she's thin as a rail and she eats mostly good foods, but I just, I did that as a kid, and so I kind of get concerned. Mm -hmm. How do we talk to our kids about that? Even and also, how do we talk about kids who do have weight issues in a way that isn't going to make them feel shame or guilt and and help them make changes, whether they're thin or not?
0: Right? And what's the language we can use? Right? I like what you're saying, Lisa. Like, what is the language? Can we use the word, um, you know, healthy versus being, you know, overweight? Like, what are the what are the what's the lingo that you're supposed to use so that you don't create issues for these children when they get older? Exactly.
2: Yeah, man, that's such a such a touchy subject, right? That's it it's going into such murky waters there. Um yeah. and I you know, we I talk to families every day who have this exact conversation and say, I just I just want her to be healthy or I just want him to be healthy, but it ends up making him feel like I think he's overweight or that I'm not happy with his or her weight, right? Um yeah. and that it, man, I I hear it in the parents' voice. They just want to help. They just want to be helpful because they're concerned, right? And we're told to be concerned about uh, kids who are putting on uh, on weight and rightfully so, I mean kids who are overweight or obese as a child have a two hundred to four hundred percent chance of being obese wow. or overweight as an adult and wow. um, you know and that comes with a whole host of uh, joint issues and medical issues and comorbidities and um anyway, so it's 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 good for parents to be concerned. I think one of the one of the best ways is to Start early uh, talking to your kids about um, uh, being mindful and, and making mindful, healthy decisions. And what I mean by that is uh, for instance, uh, even with my five-year-old, uh, she will sometimes just, I can tell she's bored and she just wants to go for a snack. And so the opportunity is there to say, um, let's take a second. Are you hungry? What are you hungry for? Um, Let's check in, right? Rather than making a a quick decision about, I'm just opening up the cabinet and grabbing whatever whatever is there, um, taking a minute to be mindful about food decisions and really connecting that feeling of hunger um, with desire for food, right? So if your kid's really hungry, they'll be hungry for an apple just as they'll be hungry for a Snickers bar, right? If they're really hungry, (laughs) they can eat an apple or they can eat (laughs) a Snickers bar, and if not, then it's because of some other, right, you know, I want that or it's desirable or there's some emotional attachment to it or whatever. So, right, so a craving, exactly. So taking the moment to be mindful, slow down, ask the right questions. Are you hungry? And then perhaps, um, you know, my little girl's five, but when your kids are a little bit older, um, there's different prompts. Perhaps my prompts then are, great, you're hungry. So here are some options for a snack. We have apples, we have a string cheese, we've got some almonds, we've got the right, and you, you go through the options of um, what I know are satiating and healthy snacks, right? So it's not going to help her to eat a handful of goldfish because if she's really yeah. hungry, those goldfish are going to burn through her and she's going to be hungry again in 45 minutes. I know that a better option for her for satiety purposes is maybe an apple with some peanut butter or an almond butter or something like that. It's going to keep her full longer, the fiber, the fat. Um, and yep. so if she's really hungry, she can choose one of those options, right? I've given her maybe four or five uh, and and decide what's good for her. If none of those options sound good to her, then she's probably really not that hungry,
1: right? Um, exactly. So that's so that's, kind that's of what I say one. to my daughter too. Yeah, like I offer her stuff and then I'll say, well, you you must not, you only want that crappy, highly processed bar that you already had this morning. (laughs) But I've only had one today. I'm like, yeah. And she'll, she's so funny. She'll like, sneak stop. And then she'll, she'll tell me later. She's like, I actually had four of those. And I'm like, honey, what are you doing? (laughs) So it's so important. You know, I want to go back to that question though, about kids who are overweight, because one of her friends has Mm. put on a lot of weight and we're really concerned about her, like a lot of weight. And, and I can, and her Mm. people in her family are obese. And I just, I'm worried that, you know, how people, kids are going to tease her, and then it, how do her? Yeah. I don't want someone saying you're fat, and then she'll go home and everyone around her is fat, and maybe and they keep feeding her all this processed crap. Like, how do you get out of that? I mean, one of my friends was like, Oh, you should intervene. I'm like, I, who am I to be like, Excuse me, but you know, I'm worried about your daughter, and you're all overweight. I can't right. do that, but uh, I feel I'm worried about her, right? Yeah, yeah, and rightfully so. Um,
2: and the sad part is. <laughs> I don't know how long we have today, but the sad part is, you know, society <laughs> yeah. sets, sets us up for this failure, really. Our, the, oh, the they totally system, do. Right? The food system and the marketing yep. and the processed food that you're talking about. In order to be a healthy child and teenager, especially our kids, right, the, the inundation with all of the messages and the, even the types of food that they're exposed to, um, yep. they are growing up thinking that processed food is food. Right. So they see fewer and fewer real whole foods. They think processed food is food. And so we're fighting this huge uphill battle of trying to, um, you know, teach them differently. It's like fighting City Hall to say nutrient dense whole foods is is. Uh, you know is what is going to be best for your body maintaining body weight you know maintaining your moods um, so many things but we're we 're fighting this food system, and so to be concerned is is really valid in my opinion. The hard part is um, these foods these processed foods are as you probably know, are engineered and created for the, for the sole purpose of kids wanting to eat more of them. You talked about the addictive oh, yeah, nature exactly. of earlier, I, yeah, sure. right. And I well, I I don't necessarily need to throw around the word addiction. The addictive nature of it, um, this idea yeah. of once you start eating it, you will eat more of it. Um, that is really real and and very detrimental to our kids and their developing brains. So if you have a young child that you are concerned about. Uh, personally, I think there's a there's a right to be concerned because um, I already mentioned that the likelihood that that child will move into adulthood with obesity and overweight is is significant, especially if um, there's a family system of overweight and obesity. Um, but the question then becomes, well, what do you do about it? Well, especially so. For instance, at Empowered Wellness, at our programs, we detox from junk food and sugar. And I'm not talking oh, we're eating great. root vegetables and grass all day long. I mean, we're <laughs> eating real food, but it's a detox from junk food and sugar. I mean, it, it, and, um, and it's meant to be that way. Take them out of the food environment and the system that keeps feeding this processed food and teach them what real nutrient-dense whole foods look like, can taste like, um, you know, appropriate portions and quantities of it and give them a real, uh, a real detox. And I hate to even say, okay, listen, that's what we do in our program. But sadly, um, sometimes that's the only chance kids get these days to get away from processed food and junk food mm-hmm. is to actively remove themselves from an environment that's serving it daily, right? Um, oh yeah. I and I do think it takes a detox.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, it do does for adults them? too,
0: right, Andrea? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, you, know, you know, that my one of my questions or my next question was is you teach when these kids go back into their environments, you have a program for adults as well to teach them how to maybe keep some of these things that they learned over the summer to bring it back into their home throughout the school year.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and actually, from the day that they step on campus with us until the day they leave, we really are focused on what home looks like because. You know, you put anybody in a controlled environment um, and control their, their food intake and exercise, and sure, they're going to drop some pounds and, and probably do well, but really what's more important is what happens when they go home. So specifically for Empowered Wellness, we have, um, we have workshops for the families that come in and they can get um, inundated with, with what we've done. They get a, a mini-immersion program with us. Uh, and then, of course, their, their kids have been learning various curriculums in the time that they're with us, clinical curriculums, culinary nutrition curriculums, body image resilience, uh, a, a bunch of different modules and curriculums, all designed uh, to make a program for them when they go home. Um, but yes, you know, adult programs are sort of our next iteration. It's, it's what's coming next at Empowered Wellness. But we see oh, cool. uh, the parents of our kids are saying, I'm sending my kid, and this is so great, but I really want this program for myself. And to be honest with you, it is a family affair. I mean, sending, what breaks my heart is sending a, a kiddo that I've had, you know, four, six or eight weeks now home to an environment where I know they are not set up to be successful. And it's not because the parents mm. don't care. They cared enough to send them away for a, a, a program um, and, and be successful. They just don't know what to do themselves. Um, and so that's coming where it, it, we're, (laughs) that will be next. But uh, certainly the focus on, well, now how do we take what we know? How do we take all this armor that we've created, these new habits? uh, Even it's the whole idea of teaching a man to fish, right? So if we just said, okay, don't eat this and do eat that and exercise this way, and then you'll be quote unquote successful, that doesn't work. What we've really done is taught each camper how to dissect their own relationship to food and have these skills and dealing skills and stress management skills and body image resilient skills that they can then flip back at any page or module in their book and say, ah, here's a way that I can try and deal with this situation that I'm facing and this issue that I'm facing. Um, and it's a beautiful thing when they learn how to figure it out themselves, right?
1: Oh, definitely. You know, Eliza, I'm so impressed. I I just want to go through these steps. So people should definitely check out your book. Uh, And this book is for adults as well. Uh, Step one, cultivate a weight loss (laughs) state of mind. Step two. Face your biological truth. I like that. Uh, step three: identify your thinking errors and food triggers. Step four: find your wise mind through mindfulness. Step five: learn your deal uh, your dealing skills, then use them. You know, and all people should get the get the book to read the rest. But I, I think it's so good because these are going to help in other areas too.
2: Mm-hmm. I love that you said that. Um, <laughs> actually, really love that you said <laughs> that. These are skills that are applicable for any adult in any phase. Uh, and any struggle in life. It just so happens yeah, that definitely. we are applying them to weight management skills, the dealing skills, stress management skills, mindfulness skills, meditation skills. Those are good for any area of your life. Uh, and um, as you said, this is actually a book written for adults. It was sort of written for yes. the parents um, of the, the adults in mind. Uh, but it, at at our, at our immersion programs, we take the kids through these step-by-step modules. And so they're getting a real head start on many adults I know in my life on, have, on learning how to use dealing skills and stress management skills. Um, but yes, they are applicable to every area of, of life and they just really are helpful in weight management.
0: So how would it work, Eliza, if somebody wants to get information, any of our listeners want to understand how the summer camp works? And, and are there kids that come from all over the world? Is it primarily in the United States? How, how does that work?
2: Uh, that part is so cool. I'm actually really proud of it. We've got kids coming from um, all over the world. We've got kids coming wow. from uh, from the UK, from Russia, um, from Switzerland, from China, uh, all over the world, uh, and they come from all over the U.S. as well. Um, and we are in Santa Barbara, California. This is our first location oh, how nice. um, this yeah, the first location for Empowered Wellness specifically in Santa Barbara, but kids are coming from all over the US and all over the world right now. Uh, EmpoweredWellness.com is our is our website. And we actually open our doors to the first group of kiddos uh, on Sunday, the seventeenth of June. So it's really exciting. Okay. It's right around nice. the corner.
0: Oh, hooray. Right. Now, do you have nutritionists that work? Like how does it like just give us like a little bit of a snapshot of what it's like, you know, from the education component on, during the summer months.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we have a registered dietitian that works with us that has helped create our um, nutrition and culinary programs. All of mm-hmm. the students go through a nutrition program, a culinary program, a body image resilience program, um, and then a clinical uh, a clinical program. Yeah. And they will meet in small group sessions for all of those uh, educational modules uh, throughout the week. And um, we have uh, therapists on staff, what are called behavioral coaches that will that have a caseload of each student that helps walk them through all of these clinical modules that we have been talking about. Um, we have nutritionists on staff, we have a registered dietitian, personal trainers, um, folks with masters in exercise physiology. Uh, And then a bunch of really fun camp staff. So, you know, above all else, it is a fun camp environment um, where they're also learning a lot of really, really in-depth educational material. So they have uh, a bunch of educational classes each week, and then it's mixed in with camp and and fun field trips and dine-out challenges and and farmer's market challenges and, um, you know, Iron Chef competitions and things like that Mm -hmm. so that we can make it uh, the learning really fun and educational. And it's camp. So they, you know, they want to have a, they want to have a blast in Santa Barbara, California, which is not that hard to do. Um,
1: oh my gosh, I want to come. Kind of my commit. brother went to UC
2: Santa right? Barbara, so I know how <laughs>
1: awesome it is there. Back in the eighties, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Yep.
2: <laughs> can I, I come? Know, right? Yep. And <laughs> I love you prayer. can. Adult camp is coming. Definitely stay Yay. tuned. Adult camp is coming. I can't tell you how many adults call and say, "I want to, I want to come to adult camp." So that is, yeah, that is maybe. happening. Um, but yes, it is. It's, um, and it, and it is this. It's this wonderful culmination of all these life lessons. I mean, yoga and meditation mm. classes and time to be mindful and slow down and, and set affirmations and have a lot of mindfulness activities. I mean, these are the things that are changing our brains and souls and minds totally. for the better. Um, it just so happens we all get to be doing it together in this immersive environment.
0: That's so awesome. Well, when you do have Adult Camp, I would love to speak <laughs> because, you know, it's really, and also like <laughs> letting, letting people understand, you know, like unjunking your junk food. It's just about, it's the whole mindset, right? And how genetics yeah. play a role. Anyways, I think it's awesome what you're doing and we love speaking to you today. So thank you for being on our show, Eliza. And can you just give your website one more time?
2: Yep, you bet. It is www.empoweredwellness.com. It's the summer camp and you can find me at elizakingsford.com
0: That's amazing. Well, we want to thank Nature Care for sponsoring today's episode because without Nature Care and companies that we love who are all about healthy living and Nature Care is about empowering women and men and everyone around us to make more, you know, to make healthier choices about when it comes to their personal care products. So thank you Nature Care. You can learn more about them and their personal care Products at naturecare.com. Eliza, thank you for being on our show today. I'm Andrea Donsky along with Lisa Davis, and you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. Like us on all social media at Naturally Savvy, at Andrea Donsky, at Radio MD, and at Health Media Gal 1. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay well.